Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From NewSounds.org and the studios of WNYC in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. Jeremy Dutcher is an indigenous singer and pianist who burst upon the music scene in Canada in 2018, winning that year's prestigious Polaris Music Prize for his debut record, which saw him performing with archival recordings of his Wollastook ancestors. His eagerly awaited sophomore album is called Medua Lenawak, or syllables to that effect, and it continues Dutcher's exploration of his First Nations roots. Jeremy and his trio are here with us, and they're going to start with a song called Skijinuikuk. Mm-hmm. 
I hope. That is beautiful. Jeremy Dutcher, live here in the studio, singing, playing our piano. Stefan Schneider behind the drums. Bram Gielen playing the bass. The song, Skijinuiguk. Okay, go ahead, Jeremy. Correct it. my pronunciation. No, you did so well. I couldn't, <laughs> even if I wanted to, I don't think I could because you did You did very beautifully. And it's so nice to hear somebody try, you know? Like, um, it really means a lot. So I, I, I might say Skijinuiguk, but you got it. Okay. You got and it You got it just on. And it means Indian so land. That one means Indian land, which is like, I like to sing it first and then tell people what it means later because yeah. it gets it in their head and then they're all of a sudden they're singing Indian land. <laughs> and that feels radical to me. You know, yeah. it's exciting. Th those lyrics actually come from an ancestor quote from 1763. And, and the whole lyric is, so it's as, as long as there's a child among my people, we will protect the land always and forever. This is Indian land. So, I, I mean, looking f that far back and such a sovereignty statement and realizing that, you know, our, those children are still here. You know, they're still among us. We're still speaking our languages. We're, we're still bringing all that forward. So it's, it's a celebration. Yeah. Well, now, um, did you grow up? So the language, I've seen this language called a number of things. Wollastok. <laughs> Malasi, Tobik. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 well, let me demystify Untangle it for that, yeah. yes, please. Right, because there's a lot of nuance in that language. Um, uh, uh, for uh, indigenous people, sometimes uh, names and things get put on top of us. Right. So it doesn't exactly come from us or what we call ourselves, right? So we're in this moment right now where because we have the mic, and we're, we're able to correct the record, right? So there's these kind of older terms that aren't really, well, they're just antiquated, right? Mm -hmm. For example, Maliseet, the one you said in the middle there, this one is actually a word in our neighbor's language, the Mi'kmaq. And, uh, and, and so when the Europeans first got here, they asked the Mi'kmaq, hey, who are those people over there? And they said, Maliseet. And in their language, Maliseet means those ones that talk badly. <laughs> they don't talk like, because our languages are like so close, right? Yeah, but we just yeah. kind of speak in a different dialect according to them. So um, so what do you call the language? Yeah, so I would, I would talk about it um, in terms of Wulustukwe. And Wulustukwe, because it all comes back to that river. So we're the, you know, our name, it, when you translate it in the language, it means the people of the beautiful river, Wulustuwig. Mm -hmm. and, and that means, you know, uh, our, all of our stories and our culture comes from that river basin in, right. in eastern Canada. And so the, the river's called Wulustuk, we're called Wulustuwig, and the language is called Wulustukwe. Okay. And so it's kind of, it's all kind of circling that, that identity of, of land and, and language and water. Well, now this, this lovely quote that you just gave us from the 1760s, you know, oh. th as long as there's one child left, this is still Indian land. Yeah. How many people speak yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's kind of an evolving question, which I love. You know, these numbers are kind of sometimes hard to pin down unless we're doing it in a census way. But the, you know, the last I heard of it, there were were less than hundred fluent speakers left. Now, this I think doesn't it, it, it it's concerning. Of course, we're considered a severely endangered language. But but for me, actually, more important is to to to. to think and see about the the success that's happening. So now we're we're for the first time creating young speakers because we have the first emergent schools in our language created by 
okay, created by my mom. I might be a little <laughs> biased. Listen, um, but I'm I'm so excited to see that work happening because it's listen, it's stuff I didn't have growing up. Like I had to learn that language just through listening to people tell stories and to try to like you know. Um, yeah, go at it a different way. Yeah, but but now th- with the young people, they have those spaces that honor our language, and they can go and listen to elders and learn. And it's just so exciting to see that movement that's happening. So it's like as much as we can worry about the numbers and about the the critical situation that it's in, I think also it 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 it, it behooves us to look at the the beauty in the work that's happening. Well, too. and you can take some comfort from the example of Cajun French, mm. which w- you know half a century ago seemed like it was on its way out. And what was the main driver of the Renaissance of Cajun French? It was the music. Oh, so there you, you know, go. yeah. Every revolution needs a soundtrack, you know. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, you know, and that's why singing in the language is really important to me. Even though with this new record, Madeleine, I'm I'm gonna be releasing music in English for the first time, right, right. which is like, ooh, that's a risk. We'll see how that goes. But for me, it's always important to remember that why I do what I do is because when I was growing up there, I couldn't turn on the radio and hear our language. I couldn't go to the TV and, and see our culture represented. So for me, it's really important now that I have this mic and this space to create that, which I didn't see in the world. Uh, so your first language was English. Yeah. What was your first musical language? Ooh, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> oh, I love that question. What was my first musical language? Um, there used to be this fireplace mantle in the house and every time a guest would come over I would clear like clear all the pictures off and then that would be my little stage and then I'd have this little ukulele guitar and I would just sit there and I'd strum for that of course these are nonsense songs I'm just <laughs> sitting there and strumming but there was always that sense of like oh yeah sing for them you know yeah. and then when I was a young person my mom because she knew that you know I was interested in music and wanted to keep like connection strong to indigenous communities. And so, you know, she worked in the community and she knew an elder that was a songkeeper, Maggie Paul. And she's actually very influential on the work that I do now. She really guided me and kind of set me on that path. So, uh, yeah, basically when I was like eight years old, she said, go, go and sing with Maggie. So I would just go to her house and, and, and in that kind of old way of like transmission of folk songs. Right? Oral of, tradition. Like, that's yep. it. You know, that's yep. how we do it. You got to go and sit with the people. So that was... Uh, that was my experience from a young age. So I was like, say, you know, I was trained in that way, like in that in traditional song way, but also, you know, with the with the piano and the classical training too. It's like trying to weave together two very different, <laughs> you yeah. know, musical aesthetics. Well, and and you know, the the fact that it's not a binary thing yeah. that you don't have to choose one or the other. Uh, and and there's there's another track that we can follow uh, after we hear another song that that. Uh, that that leads to. Great. But um, th- this next song is called... Um, no, no, I'm, I'm okay. not even going to try line. this one. I can, I can, I can tell you the English, <laughs> the English translation Please. for it. It's the people are rising, it's called. But I'll tell you also in the language, it's So that means the people That's are rising. That's what I was going to say. You got it. So we'll just, we'll run on it. And Uh, and this is, uh, again, from the forthcoming second record by Jeremy Dutcher called Meduilinawog. And um, Jeremy's at the piano, Stefan Schneider behind the drum kit, Bram Gielen playing the bass. The song is called, in English, People Are Rising.
Dutcher and a song called in English people are rising uh, from the the new record called Medawilonawog yes Medawilonawog what does that title mean okay so I I love to break these big long words down Um, our language has these big polysynthetic polymorphic words and so you're just taking these roots and then building on top of them so 
Okay. If I had to break Medawilinuug down, I would say that. Should m- I go get a cup of coffee and you, a snack? It's just going to take a while. I'll, t- I'll talk to your people. You go. You <laughs> take a. You take a break. Listen, Medaw is. Uh, it's pretty simple. Medaw is just that which you can hear but not see. Okay. So Medaw, and then Medawilin is somebody that is a practitioner of that which can be heard but not seen. Maybe like a magician or a musician, and then Uwuk. And you heard that in the last song too. It's at the end of almost every word. It well, seems. listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's because when we're talking about each other, when we're talking about people, it's that plural form of humanity. Ah, but okay. we extend that pretty far. Like it's not just about people; it's also we talk about trees in that way. We mm. talk about our animal relatives in that way. So it's a, it's a real different way. But yeah, you're right; it does show up a lot. So madawulinuwuk, madawulinuwuk, those magic people. Those people, actually, the the best translation I ever heard for this word is the people of great spiritual power. Hmm. Hmm. I like that. Well, (laughs) and that sort of neatly segues into the next thing I wanted to talk to you about because you were mentioning before how you grew up in these two different musical traditions uh, the tradition of of the Wallastock people, the Western classical tradition, trained tenor and pianist. And the idea of the two spirit is it's a it's a relatively new term but it's a very old concept in a surprising yeah. number of indigenous communities well, around exactly the world. Exactly, right. You know, it's that it's that new term and it's even a new term for us. It only came in the 90s when when indigenous people that were also LGBT get together and they said, you know, there's a particular experience that is here at the intersection of those identities that we need to speak about and we need to come together about. So, they picked this English term called two spirit and particularly, like now that I've come to understand it a little deeper, and like uh, understand that you know there's actually gifts there, you know that is in between people. There's specific roles for us as people in between that are not necessarily you know manly men or or, or feminine women, but there's a, like that middle space, right? And so I've always kind of that's been my experience, and and so now just coming to be on a stage and show that, right, and to be able to be free and comfortable enough. Uh, to do so, I mean, now in this moment, you know, with all these like regressive laws that are mm. that are happening against queer people, not just here in the states, but also up in up in Canada as well. It's it, I think for me always important to take up that space and say, you know, not only are queer people uh, valid and beautiful, but like we have something to offer the human family. Listen, like we've been doing that on this land for thousands and thousands of years, right? Our language, like Willistoway, doesn't even have gender pronouns. Right, really? Every, everybody. I, that's what I was just about to ask you yeah. what the pronoun situation. That's was. right. So it's a totally different situation. Like, uh, yeah, I, and and so I think it's important to acknowledge there's a lot of lessons when we go and look into those indigenous languages, both like we're saying around gender, but also around the natural world. Yeah. You know, extending that humanity not just to ourselves as people, but you know, the the four legged and the yeah. the crawlers and all the, all the people. <laughs> Well, and, you know, that song, the English translation, People Are Rising, yeah. you know, could could be seen as a statement of indigenous pride, but also of, of queer pride. That's right. That's yeah. right. I hope I hope it, it lands on people however it needs to. Yeah. You know, and that can be many. There's many struggles and they're all interrelated and connected. Right. So, well, you know, you've mentioned community either directly or indirectly a lot already. Mm-hmm. And there are moments on the upcoming record. There's a song called Sagom. You got it. Uh, which you know, you're singing a solo part, but, but you're surrounded by yes. this choir. Mm-hmm. 
doesn't sound like, you know, one of those rough and ready field recordings of an indigenous choir from some other part of the world, but it also doesn't sound like... Mendelssohn's Choir. Yes, exactly. So what is that? Yeah, what is that? That's an experiment. That's a collection of friends and and, and music makers from all different kind of points of my life. So some some of those people in that choir, it's a 12-member choir that we built for this record. Um, Some of those people were in music school with me way back in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, Others were, you know, I used to work in a church choir when I first moved to Toronto, believe it or not. And um, yeah, so some members from that. Other members just from the like jazz and pop scene in in, in Toronto. Um, So we kind of brought together all of these different kinds of voices. And that's probably why you're saying it doesn't really sound like a choir that that we're used to hearing, right? Because it is like... Although I tried to be intentional about curating the different, you know, uh, voice textures and, and trying to make sure that we were all together, um, it was really pulling together many different strands and styles of singing. Teaching them my language a little bit too, which was you know there's no there's no holistic people in that in that choir. You yeah, know, there's some indigenous yeah. people from other nations, but but no holistic people. And so yeah, really having to go step by step and, and teaching that language and, and and letting them feel safe in that learning. I think that was that was a that was powerful for me to yeah. be able to do that. And they sound so freaking good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and despite the fact that you can't you know pin it down as this is X kind of choir. Yeah. It certainly sounds communal. You yes. know, and that's the that's that's the whole point. Because truly, that's what it was, right? Like it was it was me kind of bringing together all these different communities and then creating that community unto itself. You yeah. know, and and now it's kind of this self sustaining thing. Like they're friends of friends now. You know, it's like they're working on different projects together now. It's like really exciting to see how that's evolved, and yeah. And and it it occurs to me that it's sort of an evolution from the first record where you had where you were. Your singing, your voice was in dialogue with a community that was from the distant past. You were singing with voices sure. from these wax cylinders from a century ago. Yeah. There's far less, of the, almost none of that on the new record. No, nope, none of that. And, and it's, it's all about in, in the moment. You know, these people are here with right. you. Well, yeah. I think that's a, it it's also it goes back to Skijin that first song of like, we are, we are still here. Yeah. And it's like a, it's a, it's a, I guess a statement of sovereignty or just of, of, of reclaiming that place mm-hmm. and space to say like uh, these languages, uh, you know, and ways of making music are, are beautiful and we should honor them and look at them quite closely. Yeah. That's the hope. Well, in fact, Honor Song hey. is the name of the, the tune you're going to do next. And this, Jeremy, this was your this was the first song any of us heard of yours, yeah, I think. way back, like almost six years ago or seven years ago. This is the first song we put out. Um, not even on my first record. This right. was like before that even. This is a song that's, it's actually a traditional song from, from out east. And um, it's my arrangement of that. And it's kind of grown every time it's changed. The, the song that we put out is very electronic and there's like a beat to it. Yeah. Um, and then we've done that orchestral version too where it's so like lush. And um, we performed it with... Uh, yeah, with Yo-Yo Ma recently, wow. which was a, a total pinch myself kind of moment. <laughs> um, and now we have our trio here. So um, we're going to build something a little different than usual. But uh, uh, this is called Honor Song, and it's a very, very special song because of the message, really. Gulazi kumene, eliskijinu ulti ek, kutonabem nogma guaha atine, 
Kulazi Gumenen. Then when I beg so the egg, don't have them no wedge or candle, Tina. Wedge or candle, Tina, Libuadic, Kiziulino, Yutskitkamek. That says, We need to come together and honor each other. Help lift each other up, because that's what we're here to do. Um, for the good of the earth. So, kind of like that timeless message. Um, and I'll sing it actually in two languages, both my language, Wilistigwe, and the original Mi'kmaq language. So, trying to improve relations. You know, they called us bad talkers, slow talkers. Um, but we'll give them this song. This is an honor song. George Paul.
live performance of Honor Song from uh, from Jeremy Dutcher going all the way back to the beginning of this project of reclaiming his Wallastook roots. So that's a traditional kind of tune yes. that you've arranged. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's and it has like a kind of a neat groove to it, too. So. Stefan with wearable percussion. You as got well that as, right. As well yeah. as our drum kit. Why play it when you can wear it? <laughs> so that's, I always say that. I always say that. So Stefan Bram, thank you so much for being here and sharing this music with uh, with these people. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us to talk. Th- this has been great fun, uh, and I, I have the sneaking suspicion we could probably go on for hours and hours. You got it. I, I do have a final question for you, which is about ancestors. Mm. I mean, you mentioned working with Yo-Yo Ma. You've also worked with Buffy St. Marie, the great indigenous folk singer, yeah. and Beverly Glenn Copeland, the groundbreaking trans-Canadian composer slash keyboardist. Yes. I mean, are these, do you see these people as musical ancestors? You know, not, not ancestors yet, but uh, we like to talk about and means the ones who have gone before. Mm. You know, and I think about, you know, there's this <laughs> idea, it's certainly not my own, uh, that we're standing on the shoulders of you know, right. um, and uh, these, these people that have, that have gone ahead and when it wasn't necessarily comfortable or safe to be out there and sharing you know the 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 black queer experience or the indigenous woman experience or right you know the asian man experiences like you know these are these are people that really broke through a lot of barriers you know that so that i could exist and be here and create and to share in a in a free and safe environment let me tell you the the hug that i witnessed between yo-yo ma and my mother lisa pearly dutcher was the longest uninterrupted hug <laughs> that I have ever seen in my life. Like a good three minutes and no one broke. It was just, it was pure love exchange. So Great guy. Yeah. Um, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, uh, great spending some time with yeah. you, getting to hear some of the music. I'll try it again. Madua Lenawog. Pretty close. Madawa Lenawog. Madawa Lenawog. You got it. The latest record from Jeremy Dutcher. My thanks also to our hardworking crew, technical director Irene Trudell. Today's session produced by Lauren Purcell Joyner and video shot by Eric Weber. I'm John Schaefer. Keep up with everything we're doing on New Sounds by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter. You can text New Sounds to 70101 or sign up on the website at newsounds.org. Ancestors to you They become Ancestors to you Ancestors